Do you have something to say? Do you believe that everybody should be enabled, encouraged and empowered to tell their story? Speaking is power. As it's said, if you can speak well, you can influence. And if you can influence, you can change lives, your own and others. Welcome to the Let's Stand podcast, speaking up about speaking out. My name is Siobhan Fitzgerald and it's a pleasure to connect with you today. In this episode of the Let's Stand podcast, I'm going to explain for teachers who are interested in beginning the public speaking skill training journey with their students, just where and how you can begin the journey. If you like what you hear, please do review, subscribe and share with any colleagues you think might benefit from hearing this. Now, let's get started. Where do I start? Yeah, that is a great question. Many teachers I speak to say, of course, I know the importance of these skills for young people, but I didn't receive training in public speaking skills myself. And neither did I receive training in how to train young people in the skills of public speaking. So where do I start? Or can I even provide that training? For many getting started with this process, the process of training children in the skills of public speaking is probably the biggest obstacle. We have an expression in Irish, tusma latna hebra, a good start is half the work. And as with most things, this is very true also when it comes to this particular area, training children in the skills of public speaking. Well, First of all, the first step is we set the scene, just as we would with any other area of the curriculum. We ease ourselves and our students gently into it. We consider how will we arouse students' curiosity and interest and find out what they may already know about speaking in public. Depending on the age of our students, you may decide to introduce the topic by showing the students a YouTube video of a child speaking to initiate and stimulate discussion. There are many examples of children speaking on YouTube. And if you want to get quick access to a video, you might choose to do so through my own YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the description box of this podcast here. I've listened to many speeches over the last few years and grouped speeches into certain playlists. For example, children delivering speeches and teenagers delivering speeches. And I try to update this as often as possible. This might just save you some time because as a teacher, I know how busy teachers are. Now I'm just going to take a drink of water. Because speaking is thirsty business and there's no harm in encouraging 
children to do this earlier on because it's actually one way, one way to deal with nerves, to pause and take that drink of water. Plus, it's very important to stay lubricated. So just moving on now, thinking about once you've watched that video, if you decide to use a video, the type of questioning that might follow that initial watching might include, what did you like most about what you saw? What was the speaker speaking about? What was the speaker's message? What were the people in the audience doing? How do you think the speaker felt during the speech, before the speech, after the speech? So this speaker was speaking in public. Have you ever had the opportunity to speak in public? Have you ever seen anybody speak in public? You might further prompt with, have you ever seen somebody make a speech at a sports event, a music event, at a concert, on TV? When might you have to speak in public? What would you most like to speak to an audience about? What do you think the best thing about speaking in public would be? You might have noticed that I'm keeping the tone of the questions quite positive here. This is very deliberate. We can't assume that our students will have a fear of public speaking. They may, they may not. We may have ourselves, but our students may not. But presenting this opportunity initially in a positive, natural light will gently challenge that fear if it already exists in the first place. Further questions then could be used to continue to set the scene, such as, do you know any great speakers? Who's your favorite speaker? Do you think that person was born a great speaker? Do you think that you could learn to be a great speaker? And just in case they don't know the answer to this, the answer is a resounding yes. Yes, everybody can. Here you might choose to mention that all great speakers today were not always great speakers. In fact, they probably were bad speakers once. Learning to speak well is a learning process. Public speaking is a skill. And just like any other skill, just like playing a sport or a musical instrument, sub-skills can be explicitly taught and lots of opportunities given for practice. And with practice, practice and more practice, confidence and competence, competency grows. It would also be helpful here to let the children know that there are many, many, many different styles of public speaking. And even if two people speak about the same topic, prepare a speech with the same title, they will naturally choose different stories or different parts to focus on based on their own individual experiences. And they will deliver their speech and presentation in their own unique way. And that is absolutely okay. As you practice public speaking, you develop and get comfortable with your own unique style. Everybody has a unique story and everybody's story does matter. 
But if you don't tell your story, now this is something interesting to, to challenge your students with. If you don't tell your story, nobody else can tell it for you. Well, certainly not in the same unique way that only you could do. <clears throat> Taking a drink of water again. In some future episodes of this podcast, I will be dealing with how to help students deal with nerves. Because being nervous is a very, very natural thing when it comes to speaking in public. But learning ways and strategies to deal with those nerves and manage them, that's a huge, huge skill to be able to equip our students with as they go out into the world. So going back to questions that will further help to set the scene. When we learn to speak in public, it can help us in many, many ways. And this can be worth teasing out with students. So ask them, can you think of what some of those ways might be? Perhaps you could prompt them with ideas such as, well, does it allow you to share your ideas? We can tell stories. We can tell others about something we have just learned. We can try to convince someone to do something for us. We can use our speaking skills to find out important information. We can recite poems, tell jokes and funny stories to entertain our family and friends. We can even use our speaking skills to make a video. We can get to know new people and introduce ourselves to others, friends we have not yet met, perhaps. Certain jobs that our students may want to have a chance to work at in their lives may also require really good speaking skills. What might they be? Guaranteed, guaranteed your students will come up with ideas that we as adults may not ever have considered. Well, at least that's always been my experience with the group. So once we have had these discussions, now we need to ensure the safe, supportive environment and reassure students of this safe, supportive environment in which this training and practice can take place. In order for all students to feel safe and supported, to stand up and speak, we co-create rules with them. We create rules in collaboration with the students, rules for listening, evaluating and speaking. Just in the same way as we might co-create classroom rules at the beginning of the year or rules as part of a drama contract. Standing up to speak in public is an act of vulnerability. You're putting yourself out there to be judged and evaluated by others. If you're reciting a poem or telling a joke written by someone else, it will primarily be your delivery mainly that will be evaluated, not necessarily the poem itself. But compare this to if you are, if you are presenting a speech that you have written yourself about a topic important to you. This is a very, very brave act. You're being vulnerable in a way on the double. 
putting your thoughts, your interests, as well as your presentation out there to be received and to be evaluated. For a child to do this, they must, must, first and foremost, feel safe. A child's first experience of public speaking is not, is not to be taken lightly. Many adults that I've spoken to who report having a fear and even a a lifelong phobia of public speaking as an adult often attribute this to having had one negative, perhaps an initial negative, unprepared for experience in front of an audience in their early years. You know, on reflection, sad to say, that this has only become very clear to me over the last six years or so as a teacher. Since I deliberately made the decision to train my students in the skills of public speaking. Prior to that, as is recommended in the curriculum, interestingly, I was providing the option to students to feedback on what they had learned orally to the class. Now, I hope I didn't put too much pressure on them because I now realize that I was doing this not having explicitly provided them with skills to do so to the best of their ability. And I really do question now if that is fair or was fair. How can we expect or assume that students can do something that we haven't taught them? I fell into that assumption trap, assuming, assuming that because they could speak the language to varying degrees of proficiency, they could construct, structure and present what they wanted to convey in a way that others would listen. I now see that that's a dangerous and possibly unfair assumption. So that's why before expecting any child to stand up to speak in the classroom environment, it is really, really important that careful thought and preparation is put into setting the scene, creating a safe, supportive environment in which every child, each and every child will feel comfortable to stand up, open up and speak up. As teachers, we already put plenty of careful thought into creating an optimal learning environment in our classroom. But now, in addition, you will need to do a quick check that the environment is ready to support and encourage children to stand up in front of one another to present, to listen respectfully and actively to their peers when they're doing the same, and to offer and receive peer-to-peer positive and constructive feedback. I've heard the concern expressed by some teachers that there may be one student who may be inclined to mess a little bit. We all know those. And that's quite natural, perhaps. Or one student who may not want to give positive feedback. But again, this is a situation that teachers navigate on a daily basis as it is. We're constantly analysing and creating a learning environment and positive classroom culture in which 
every student feels safe. It honestly has not been my experience that any student so far will try to make a speaker feel bad in any way, mainly because, and I think this is a reason, at least it's one, each child is clever enough to know that their turn is coming and they will want to receive positive feedback from their peers. So it really does work in the context of while one child is presenting, all of the other children are engaged, not passively, but actively in the listening, listening to offer feedback at the end. So now back to those rules. To do, the, to do this, it is necessary to come up with clear rules, clear rules together with the students, or you can take them directly from the Let's Stand program to guide you. But as I said, the rules are for listening, for evaluating and for speaking. And these correlate to the three elements of the Let's Stand program, listening, evaluating and speaking. These rules will help to ensure clarity of expectations and most importantly, help to create that safe, supportive, mutually respectful environment that I've just spoken about. So they also serve the purpose of providing helpful tips to students on how to listen, how to evaluate and how to speak to maximum effect. We cannot take it for granted again that children know how to do any of these. Just because we have ears doesn't mean we know how to listen. Again, it's a skill that needs to be taught and practiced. You've probably heard it said that we have two ears and one mouth and that's the proportion in which we should use them. Good advice. This process of co-creating rules is not new to primary school teachers in particular as this process is something similar to how we co-create drama contra contracts with our students in drama lessons. And as we know, inviting the students' contributions to these rule lists gives them more ownership over the rules and more accountability to them. Researchers in the area of oracy in the UK, Mercer and Littleton, they recommend that teachers can significantly enhance the quality of classroom talk through the use of ground rules for exploratory talk. So here we go with the rules. The following are examples of rule lists taken directly from the Let's Stand programme itself. And these may help you guide the discussion around co-creating rule lists of your own. So rules for the listener could include number one, Sit comfortable, straight and showing respect to the speaker. There's a chance here to remind students of the importance of body language. They could nod or smile to demonstrate their interest to the speaker. Number two, open your mind and heart. This rule is a subtle reminder to the student and can be explicitly pointed out that attending to a presentation is not just about listening with your ears. You pay attention with your eyes, your ears, your mind and your heart. Be open to the message. Number three, visualize what the speaker is saying. In this rule, 
we're reinforcing that we must open our eyes, our minds and hearts to see, hear and feel the message of the speaker. It really can be a multi-sensory experience. Number four, relax, be present and enjoy. There's a type of mindfulness involved to this. Stay listening to the end. Number five, pay particular attention to what the speaker is doing well so that you can give positive feedback to the speaker. This is really, really important because speakers do not automatically know what they are doing really well, what they're doing that's connecting to the audience, what they're doing that's making that impact. Giving this feedback really helps to build confidence. Oftentimes, people are more inclined to notice what someone is doing wrong. We can be more inclined to correct rather than encourage. But yet, it's a well-known fact that we do not build on weaknesses. We build on strengths. Becoming better at providing this kind of positive feedback is a skill in itself, a very important life skill to learn, one that will build empathy and most definitely endear our students to other people. In relation to listening, remember, just because we are not talking when others are speaking does not necessarily mean we are listening. We may be completely tuned out, thinking about what we're going to do after school or what we're going to have for dinner. We need to deliberately tune in and listen to learn new things. Learning to listen and listen well is an extremely important skill for all students to learn and practice and will ultimately have a knock-on positive impact on all areas of learning. When evaluating then, this is about enabling and empowering students to offer peer feedback which hugely benefits the person giving it and the person receiving it. Rules for evaluating might look something like, number one, ensure that the feedback is about this particular speech and presentation, not personal to the speaker. Number two, prepare to give two or three pieces of positive feedback. Following the Let's Stand programme by third class in primary school, students are trained in how to give a recommendation. Number three, include language of what you heard, saw, felt, linking feedback, if you can at all, to the focus boxes of that particular speech. For example, if hand gestures was one of the focus boxes for that speech, make sure to give some feedback about how the speaker used hand gestures. Which did you like? Which were really effective? Which will you remember and why? Number four, Tell the speaker what you liked most and will remember about the presentation. And number five, as I mentioned, from third class up, students can offer one recommendation, which is what, in their individual opinion, might make that speech, that presentation, even better. And now, finally, finally, we get to the speaker. You will have noticed by now that doing public speaking with your students and at school involves a lot more than actually speaking. There's a lot of really good stuff, great communication skill development involved in this for all of the students. 
It's very inclusive of all. So here are some recommendations for rules you might consider for speaking. Number one, be prepared, confident in the knowledge that you have put time, thought and effort into your presentation. Number two, walk to the lectern with confidence, pride and purpose. A proud walk and stance will give the speaker a surge of positive energy and make a powerful first impression on the audience. Number three, at the speaking area, look around, scan your audience and smile. Number four, take a deep breath. Ground yourself and begin. And perhaps even take a drink of water to settle yourself. Number five, relax and enjoy. This is a truly wonderful opportunity. And with every opportunity, you will continue to grow. So now that we have the rules established, we really are ready to go, teachers. This is a great place to be at. So a quick recap. You want to begin public speaking training with your students. Check what resources are available to support you. Consider using a YouTube video of a child the same age as your own students perhaps would be best to inspire the journey. Set the scene with appropriate questions to find out what students already know and to motivate them to want to learn more. Reassure students that everybody has the potential to be a great speaker, certainly a better speaker, to develop as a speaker. Some people say practice makes perfect, but I don't agree. There is no perfect. Perfect is an illusion and it's no harm for students to learn this as young as possible. I like to say that practice makes progress. It definitely makes progress and progress is one very positive step further along the journey. Co-create clear rules for listening, evaluating and speaking with the students and these rule lists can then be posted somewhere around the class um, in easy view for the students and be referred back to as you continue along this journey. And now you're definitely ready to begin. Wahoo! You don't have to be a great public speaker yourself as a teacher to give this training an opportunity to your students. Your role will be more of a facilitator, the guide on the side rather than the sage on the stage. You just have to be willing to hand the floor over to the students and encourage, enable and empower them to develop their skills. What's more, don't be too hard on yourself. Never underestimate your own public speaking skills. After all, as teachers, we use many skills of public speaking very naturally every day when we stand in front of our classes trying to persuade our students to learn what it is we are trying to teach. I know that as teachers, we really, really do aim to make a difference 
in all of our students' lives. Training our students in the skills of public speaking definitely makes a difference. It's also very important to approach this with a positive, fun, open, curious mindset. And I guarantee you, you'll be truly amazed. Believe me, this has been my experience. You'll be truly amazed at what the public speaking skills training journey will reveal. The Let's Stand programme trains young people from ages 5 to 18 in the skills of public speaking. If you'd like to find out more, check out www.letstand.ie or email letstandspeakout at gmail.com. Until next time, think about what is your story? Thank you for listening. Let's stand speaking up about speaking out. If you say what you want to